The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. God bless you for tuning in. Hello, this is Christina Sasso of Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We will continue today on the teaching on how to hear the voice of God. We all need to get this. You can also go to our website, SOGMI.org. We have articles. We have the previous radio broadcast. We are on podcast and Sunday services live streaming. And you can like us on the Facebook so that you'll be automatically receive notification on the recent posting or new articles. We are making lots of progress and we continue to expand our outreaches all over the world, all for the glory of God. Why do I keep on harping you about this issue? It is very important. I was stunned with the feedbacks I got from all over the world about the teaching how to hear from God. And yes, that God speaks nowadays, even in our lives. Yes, God speaks. God did not lose his voice when he sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the voice of God. The Holy Spirit is God. And Joshua posted on YouTube and Facebook about the segment in one of our Sunday services about hearing the voice of God and the feedbacks from different parts of the world was astounding. Last week, I went for a drive, talking to God, listening, praying and prophesying, and I wanted to know how to prioritize my schedule. And yes, I am spying on you, and you did not even know it. If the Holy Spirit convicted you of sins or even change your mindset or all of a sudden you start hearing my voice, as far as the teachings are concerned, it means to say that I drove through your town prophesying and, and even in your own neighborhood. That is why God sent me there to spy on you and to call those things as though they were in your life. I love my job. I do my praying, prophesying in my vehicle, and sometimes in shorts, especially in summer, and sleeveless blouse and flip-flops, and you don't, you don't even know it. And, uh, and I cause trouble without anybody knowing it. I bring forth blessings and at the same time causing trouble for the enemy. I talk to God that way. I go for a drive with him. So him and I can talk, and I can talk to God about anything and everything under the sun. And yes, he talked, he talked back to me. So, as I said last week, I went for a drive with Jesus, and he thanked me for preaching the message about hearing his voice. And he is the one who is thanking me. I am the one who needs to thank him for giving me the opportunity and giving me the privilege to let his people know that he wants to communicate with with um, his people personally and directly. So here I am between the Sunday services, Wednesday services and the radio program, 
And here I am on my fourth weeks of addressing this issue. So I pray that you open your hearts and have a clear and an open mind. And I pray that you focus on a loving God, his attributes, who loves you and called you by name. So don't listen to other voices. Listen to his voice. I uh, quoted the scripture last week, Psalm 95, verses 7 and 8, and Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. It says, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. I quoted these two scriptures, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament, so that you realize that people who says that God does not speak to his people in an audible voice, that small, still, quiet voice is lying to you. And that doctrine or theology is is not from God. Such a strong statement, huh? That is the truth. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. If we all get this and we start to listen, taught, and obey the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, we will all move in the miraculous. The kingdom of the world will become the kingdom of our God and of Christ. And all the five offices will be gone away with. When we come together at that time, we will all share, each will share either a revelation, a new song, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and we will all let the Holy Spirit to take over and lead our services, our lives, our business management and fellowship. Is that awesome or what? All the beggars at the pulpit, if they don't repent, they will all get thrown out in the streets where they belong. We do not need to take up offering every time we come together because we all have resources, because everyone are tithers. Is it possible? It is possible, yes. If today you hear his voice and you do not harden your hearts. So today... At this moment, at this very hour, the Holy Spirit sounds like me. So take a listen, okay? If you are following this broadcast, you remember what I said last week. Me and Mike have three wonderful children. They all can hear the voice of God. They are serving with us in the ministry, and they traveled with us to different parts of the world. So... If I want to speak or talk to one of them, like, for example, I want to tell Erica something, I don't go to Joshua or James and instruct them to tell what I want to talk to Erica. Not unless Erica is not there. And if they get to see Erica, and I could not. I will talk to Erica myself and directly, since she's there and she's a member of our household. She lives in our house. Ephesians 2.19 says that we no longer foreigners and aliens, but we are now members of the household of God. Our citizenship is in heaven. So if God wants to talk to you, he would rather talk directly to you, face to face, instead of through someone else like me. That is his preference. He wants to personally attend to you, if you are there. But this is for the mature. I remember when Joshua was young and started and just beginning to talk, a lot of times he mumbled something to me. He was trying to communicate. And sometimes I, 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 did, um, I, I 
did not understand what he was talking to me. So I, I, I just listened very carefully and nod my head and get engaged. He was trying to engage me in a conversation, so I tried myself to discern what he was telling me. Then James came along, and James started communicating too. Amazingly, Joshua understood all the jabblings, all the lingos that his brother was, was telling me. So Joshua was translating that language into English. Then Erica came along, and she started communicating. Now, James understood what she was saying and became my interpreter. And all of them were like that until they learned they were old enough to communicate in plain English. And, of course, like Erica, when she started communicating in plain English, you know exactly what she was saying. A lot of times is no or mine. So this, in the spiritual realm also, God knows everything about us, and he has all the ways, the means, and the power to communicate with us. But he's not going to yell at us. He's not going to impose or force himself so that we'll hear him or we'll listen to him. That yelling or getting angry really is God's last resort. He communicates in that still small voice in your heart and in your mind. And he is going to lead you towards maturity. He says that from the least to the greatest of us, we will all know him. So let us be the generation who will all know him, not just me, but for all of us. The voice of God is the voice of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is God, and he will lead us and continue to lead us into all truth and will speak about Jesus to you. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to us, and he will tell us of things to come. That is prophecy. Why do you want to receive a prophecy from me if you can receive it directly from God? This is where I am leading you, and I will prove to you in the word from the New Testament that you can hear the voice of God like the previous Christians or disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. I will also tell you things that you need to correct so that you can start hearing his voice before I run out of time, okay? In the book of Acts, chapter 10, starting with verse 14, in Acts, chapter 10, starting with verse 14, you know the story. Peter was hungry. He was staying at the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. Okay? So he got hungry. He went to the rooftop of the house of Simon while waiting for the food. You need to go to Israel with me. I will take you to the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. And you will see and understand why Peter went up there. Okay? It's a good view. Anyway. He saw a vision of unclean animals and heard the voice of God saying, Rise up, Peter, slay and eat. Peter was incredulous. He said, Certainly not, Lord. These animals are unclean, and you know that ever since I was a child, I don't eat pork chop, blackened catfish. I am not a Texan, or I am not a Pinoy. You and I are both Jewish God. 
Why would God tell Peter to eat unclean animals wherein he is the author of Leviticus through Moses? But understand this. Even though the instruction or the command is not Leviticus, Peter was certain that he heard the voice of the Lord telling him to eat. And so actually, he told the Lord no three times. But Peter knew the voice of God. And then Peter was still bothered by the vision when he heard the voice of God again. It says, Peter, there were three men looking for you. Go with them. And here's another issue with Peter and God. These three men are Gentiles. And Jewish people were commanded not to associate with the Gentiles, not to go with them, or even enter their house. This is not so God, but it is the voice of God. When God tells you, when you hear the voice of God and you're certain that it is the voice of God and you don't understand, you don't understand the instruction because that is not how you live, that is not what you believe, that is not your doctrine or theology, then God is revealing something wonderful to you that not only going to bless you, it will bless his people all over the world. Presently, we have more information and instruction now to tell if it is the voice of God or not. First John chapter 4. When a thought comes to you or from your mind or a voice spoke to your heart and you're not sure if it is from God, just ask the question in your mind if you heard it in your mind. Or you can even voice out the question if you must. This is the question. This is the test. Was Jesus Christ born of a virgin, died on the cross, and raised from the dead on the third day? If you don't hear an answer, park it. Don't do anything about it. Or if the voice says no, then don't listen to that voice. God always answer in the affirmative. God always answer and identify and confirm that he's the one who's talking. There's no exception to that. Keep in mind, after you heard from God, and it's something that you're not comfortable or don't understand, trust Him. Obey. He's about to lead you to a wealthy place, to a supernatural place, to a greater understanding and revelation on who He is and who you are in Him. His ways of doing things will be revealed to you. And His plan plan for the future, not just for your future, but for others as well, and for all the nations on the earth. Okay, so that's the New Testament. And Peter heard the voice of God, that those uh, weird questions that are not so God were from him. Okay, another disciple in Ananias in Acts chapter 9, starting with verse uh, 10 through 17. It says in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Could you imagine that? That is a word of knowledge, very exact. The address, the name, and what is happening. Okay. Let's continue. Verse 12. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Ananias heard that it's from God. So he started his conversation. 
in verse 13. And said, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like that. When Ananias heard the Lord and his instruction, he was shocked. If I will be Ananias, I'll be asking this question. Are you talking about this man, God, who is persecuting your people? Can you choose somebody else? Someone better than this man? And Ananias probably wanted to lay hands on Saul in a special way, like a close-fisted, anointed kind of laying of hands, and not from the power from above, but by his own strength. Can't blame him. But he obeyed the voice of God. And when he prayed and laid hands on Saul, he acknowledged that Saul was his brother. Because why? Because God says so. And that is the end to that matter. God loves you. And that is what is the matter. You need to communicate with him. Pointers. Spend time with God and trust him. And do not lean in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In all your ways. So, You pray before you do anything. You pray to God and give him the veto power and authority to veto some of your plans and change them to his plan. Okay? When the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sins or sin, repent. Anyone who is sinning and has fallen away will not recognize the voice of God because of too many voices that he will hear. The demonic voices will convince that person that he or she doesn't deserve the love of God and he or she will be or feel condemned. So stop sinning and repent and spend time with God, okay? Don't run away from him. Run towards him. As soon as you realize that some of your doctrines are wrong. Prepare to get rid of your man-made doctrines and doctrines of demons. Like everybody must need a pastor forever or have to have a pastor. I'm a pastor, but I didn't see that in the scripture. My flesh would love that because I'm a pastor, but that is not the truth. We have to have the Lord Jesus in our lives. That is the most important thing. And the Holy Spirit will abide with you forever. He is your teacher. He is your God. He is your advocate and friend. You need to be under discipleship, yes, for you to mature in the things of God. Discipleship is not a bad word. It is a commandment of the Lord that we make disciples, not get membership. 
So you need to be under discipleship for you to mature in the things of God so that you can hear his voice loud and clear. Example, those that are prophetic or are called in the prophetic office, they gravitate and they were attracted to a prophetic charts or apostolic charts. Those who are pastors, some of the pastors, they are really apostles because they don't operate in that spirit of control. They don't want to control the congregation, but they want to build them up. So we have many, many pastors that are really apostles. They may not be acknowledged by men or received by men, but God knows them, okay? The teacher, of course, gravitates to sound teaching and so forth. But all the other three offices, the evangelist, teacher, and pastor, must endeavor to get a promotion to take on the office of a prophet or apostle, okay? Example, well-known evangelist, the late Billy Graham. I know, I always mention him because he's one of those uh, ministers that I really looked up to and admire. The late Billy Graham was really an apostolic evangelist. He won many, 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 many people for Christ. And at the same time, thousands became pastors and evangelists all over the world because They went under his training and discipleship. And why did I say that? Other three offices must endeavor to be an apostolic and or prophetic ministry or ministers because it is the apostles and prophets that God appointed to build the church. Ephesians 2.20 Another instruction for you? Trust the Holy Spirit. He knows how to teach you. He will teach you how to recognize his voice. The five offices function the same, to prepare God's people to prepare you for the works of service, not to prepare you to go on full-time ministry and start begging at the pulpit, okay? The real church is emerging, and lots of leaders will be so surprised that the five offices are operating in every sector of society the way God intended because Jesus will be the Lord of all and in all, okay? Besides, all of us are called ministers of our God. There is no denying that, all of us. In other words, once you become born again and you got through discipleship, whether you own a business, whether you're an employee, whether you're an executive, whether you're stay-at-home wife and mother, And your work never ends? How do I know that? Oh, it's a revelation (laughs) by my own experience, right? We are all full-time ministers. We cannot separate ourselves that, well, I am just a stay-home mother. I don't have any pulpit. There is not even a pulpit in, in the scriptures. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know why we centered on it. I guess it is a man-made doctrine to limit the body of Christ and to limit God and just to keep on with the Levitical priesthood instead of the priesthood in the order of Melchizedek. You have to remember that Levites became priests through a bloodline. They have to come from a tribe of Levi. So... You cannot be a Levite, not unless you came from there. And most of us, especially here in the United States of America, few of us are full-blooded Levite. Are you getting this? 
And at the same time, the priesthood in the order of Melchizedek, in which we are called to be ministers as a priest in the order of Melchizedek like Jesus, we also called through a bloodline. This time it's by the blood of Jesus. Okay, so we are all ministers of our God. And don't ever minimize yourself. As leaders, we're not supposed to look highly of ourselves. You are as important as anybody else. And you can be anointed or more anointed than me or any other people that you know that are so anointed. All you need to do is to hear the voice of God and spend time with him so that you will develop that personal relationship. And I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. If you missed the previous broadcast about the same subject or topic, we are on podcast. You can go to our website, www.sogmi.org. God bless you for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org.